0: What you do every single day, the service that you put in every single day is changing more lives than you know.
1: I wish so bad that I could find those teachers, those few teachers who saw
0: something special inside me when everyone else wrote me off. Man, if I could just find those few teachers. We're listening say to the Lyricist
2: Society, and this is Up to the now. Minute. What's happening, people? We want to welcome Quan Nellums to Up to the Minute. We are honored to have you as our guest. You were a teacher of the year in 2015. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, 2020 as well. Oh, that's big. Well, they
1: they, um, retrofitted it because, I got it in 2021, but because of the stuff that happened in 2020, you know, uh, with the COVID and everything, they just, okay. they gave right. me in 21,
2: yeah. Okay, well, teaching is a lost art. We want to start out with a barrage of questions to help me and Mr. Gabriel Forrest understand what's happening in the world of education, Indeed. you know, let me say up to the minute is going to produce a series of podcasts of urban education, and we want to invite you to join us as we ourselves seek to really understand what's happening in the beloved world of education. Yeah, I'm down
0: yes indeed yes mm-hmm. so black men are a rare breed in the world of education That's right. so we want to start out with why uh there's a significant loss of individuals in the field of education mm-hmm. every human being on this planet is influenced in some way by a teacher and yet nobody wants to become a teacher mm-hmm. could you tell us why you may think that is well i mean
1: there's a, there's a critical shortage of um teachers period across the board um of course black men um at one point, black men were two percent of the teaching population. Mm-hmm. So now I'm seeing numbers that saying that we're like one percent of the um, teaching population. So um, what's the reason? Um, I mean, there's a there's a couple of things we could be here all day, but you know, there's a historical component where mm-hmm. um, at one point in time, once um, integration, uh, Brown v. Board of Education. Um, once they integrated schools or desegregated schools, a lot of the um, black schools, uh, especially in the South, were um, closed, <laughs> and the, the students went on to integrate like predominantly white schools. So the the students, black students, went to these predominantly white schools, but the black teachers didn't. You know so you had like men who were um in the teaching profession that you know didn't follow um they didn't uh um, they didn't uh, uh positions of leadership it didn't travel over to the um to to other um integrated schools. And uh so that's like the historical Yeah, I was gonna say and then
2: possibly what the lack of education from a black man then. Yeah. You
1: well, know. I mean, you, you, black men who did get education at that point, you know, that's what they that was one of the, the things that they that they went into was education. Okay, so right. you had a lot of like a lot of your um yeah, and, uh especially like jazz musicians, they had okay. like, degrees. Yeah, you know, but they were teachers as well because that was like one of the things. You know, teaching and preaching was the things that you could do mm-hmm. as a black person. Yeah, you know, yeah. so. Um, but that's the, <laughs> you know, that that's that's the historical. You, there's a book called Jim Crow's Pink Slip that kind of talks about all that okay. uh, that just came out. But, um, a more recent thing is, um, you know, over the years, is just that, um, teaching. Is a predominantly um, woman led um, industry, you know, and so um, when you're talking about, I mean, numbers of men, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, whatever, are, are low in teaching because it's considered to be like a woman's yeah. type of thing, right? And so, um, especially when you start talking about like elementary school and things like that, and so you're going to see like all women, yeah, right? For and sure, for you, sure, you know, and um, so when you do have men that are involved, this again, it's, it's, um, low across the board. And so when you talk about black men, you know, and then just with, um, you know, just, um, becoming a teacher is, is very, um, very hard, <laughs> you know, it's hard. I mean, you have to pass certain tests. You have to, you know, to be a what certified teacher, and especially in Michigan, day. there's a lot of things that you have to do. Okay. Right. Um, and so. A lot of requirements that you have to meet the certification and so when you talk about uh men being on the college campus you know there's um there's typically more women on college campuses than men anyway so you're going even from that yeah okay go ahead you, you want to
2: gotcha yeah
0: no that's understood no that's okay understood. yeah
1: so no so no nah, <laughs> so, nah, i think um so, so when you talk about that and then as far as, so you got you got a, um, a sh- you know, uh, a shortage of men on college campuses, you know, anyway. okay And then when you put that as far as going into the colleges of education, where again, there's gonna be even another shortage of men, you know what I'm saying? Because this is considered to be like a women dominated industry. right And then <laughs> on top of that, when you add, okay, uh, you know, uh, minority males. You know, you know, you got slim pickings to choose from. Mm-hmm. So that's right, the. Uh, right. So that's the. You know, that's the short in an end of it is you know, th- you know, getting that work around for for uh, for um, just the shortage in education period. And, and again, there's a shortage of teachers period too. So even when I was in thing. education. Yeah.
2: Like I, I, most of my teachers, you know. They, didn't really enjoy it. They wanted to leave actually, yeah, and yeah. I, you know, I could I was in their class. I couldn't question them why. I just yeah. was like, huh, "It's interesting." I never knew why. That's why. Yeah.
1: I well, I mean, as far as like people um leaving the process, profession, that's a different. Okay. Animal altogether, okay. you know, so we can talk about that if y'all want to get into that. <laughs> but, yeah, people leaving the profession is, is
0: a, a different scenario as well. So Oh, yeah, we will. No, okay. definitely. You have so many roles in the field of education. Mm-hmm. But what about your personal journey in education? How mm-hmm. did you decide you wanted to become a teacher?
1: Yeah, so honestly, uh, I had no idea I was going into education. Um, I was actually um, going into material science engineering. Mm-hmm. and um i had the opportunity to volunteer at peter Vito school back in 1999 and that's when i started and so um i had the opportunity to work alongside dennis talbert and rosedale park baptist church and so um I, uh, I did a mayor court and they placed me at Rosedale Park Baptist Church but um, the student Ministries department at Rosedale Park Baptist Church had an interesting concept of how they engage the community and so they really uh, engaged the community by being like inside of the the various fixtures of the community and so school being one of them and so um, the youth pastor Dennis Talbert he uh, he utilized us inside of the schools, um being able to fill any gaps or any needs that was needed and so in that particular case i was actually you know placed inside of peter veto school and i was utilized as a behavior interventionist and so when you know especially middle school students particularly the boys when they got in trouble they would come and see me and we would just talk things out um um, Dennis gave me a charge to uh, start a mentorship program for those boys. And wow. so, um, you know, leading mentorship programs in school was called Harambe, and then doing things in the community as well um, with those same students because uh, most of our students came from the Smith Housing Projects. And so I had an office at the church which was adjacent to the Smith Housing Projects. So the craziest thing, I, I was able to see the kids in school, and then I was able also to see them mm. – you know, when they were at home as well. And so, um, just that really solidified that relationship with those students. And so, um, it was a a great concept. It was a great um, opportunity to see how um, community and schools work together. And so, uh, by the end of my (laughs) volunteer stint, I was, you know, somebody asked me, I always forget who asked me, but someone, someone asked me the question, have you ever thought about being a teacher? And I was like, wow, you know, I never thought about it, you know, but man, yeah. this seems like something that I could do because right. again, I was doing, I was immersed in I saw how it worked. And so I actually uh went and um switched my major not um uh, too soon after that. Uh ended up switching into education. And so um just the amount of <laughs> of uh ridicule I got for doing that was uh was interesting. I remember when I uh, when I made the decision, I was talking to an older gentleman I said, hey, you know, I'm thinking I'm about to, I'm thinking I'm about to uh, switch to education. And so he looked at me and he started laughing uncontrollably. Wow. Like, you want to be a wow. teacher? He laughed, laughed, laughed. Laugh. <laughs> and he said, uh, you know what they say? Those who can't do, those who can't teach. <laughs> and he wow. started he started te- he started laughing. <laughs> and uh, I was like, wow. So at that moment I knew, I mean, that might be another reason why you don't have a lot of men going oh, into yeah. it because it's oh, not yeah. something that's respected. And so, exactly. you know, I saw it in real time. But, again, I had saw something else, though. But I had saw just how respected teachers were at VTOL. And then particularly, I'm working with a, a, a man by the name of Brown, Mr. Brownlee at the time. I mean, yeah. he was – I mean, I was placed in, you know, his class as a student teacher. I mean, this guy, I mean, the epitome of, you know – being a masculine male, but he was very compassionate. He was from, uh, you know, military background. lift about four hundred and fifty pounds yeah. bench pressing the gym, you know. Yeah. And so, but up the, and put them down. Yeah, but the kids loved him. They were, you know, they was, you know. I remember at the, you know, every, you know, every year he would, you know, he taught the eighth graders. So when they would be going to, um, you know, across the stage, I mean, he would get a standing ovation um i I learned a lot about the teaching profession from him um i I just remember at the beginning of the school year you know we're told to decorate our rooms right he didn't he never decorated his room at the beginning of the year because he told me he said listen i'm not going to decorate it the kids are going to decorate it and they were decorated because he did all projects and so all the projects that he did by the end of the school year, it was all over the, over the room. Wow, that was yeah. the decorations, and so I mean, all over the room, all over the door, all over the back yeah, of the door. A nice so, way to do it. Yeah, so um, you know, that's you know, and I was like, wow, you know, and the kids took pride in the things they did. Like I said they loved that guy. When you look, when you look on, even when you look online now, you would see like he always get invited uh, to the weddings. He get invited to the the baby showers. He's all, you know, he's always there, and so. Um, you know, so I, 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 you know, so I saw that, and so that was able to kind of trump the the ridicule and the laughter I got from this uh, other gentleman, right? And so, um, but yeah, you know, as you get a different uh, reaction when you say somebody asks what you're in college for, you say, "Oh, I'm in college for material science engineering." You're like, "Oh, you know," you get like immediate respect. As opposed to you saying, Oh, I'm in school to be yeah. a teacher
2: <laughs> So it seems like, you know, your body of work seems to focus on, you know, building that relevant pathway to education, you know, and, and closing that gap, you know, with culture and education, like you said. Indeed. You know, so what what is your view on the normal form of teaching and what are some ways, you know, that you see that can be changed in yeah. education as, you know, from So,
1: so I say the the first thing my segue in education was volunteering. Okay. And um and being asked. You know, a lot of times you know, um, somebody might not never ask you, like, hey man, you ever thought about teaching? And you're like, you know, might never ask me that, you know? And so I think that's the first thing. And then really giving people that chance to volunteer with young people. I really think that every man has the responsibility to pour into the next generation, whether it's through teaching, whether it's through running mentorship, whether it's through having a mentor, you know, it, every it's every man's job to pour into the next generation, you know? Definitely. All right. So, in that being said, my view of teaching is, is that, you know, really just bringing your passions into what you do. Because, you know, the,
2: the normal form is, you know, just standing up front, giving a letter. Yeah. To, you know. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, I mean, I've seen people do that very well, as, you know, but, okay. uh, but I think that, with the way that our students have, I mean, like I say, we, we're dealing with a whole new generation now, of oh students. Yeah, they're, oh yeah. Gen Z, they're, 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 on, their, they're on their phones, exactly. they're wired, they have access to information, um, you know, and so sometimes that might not work. But um, the thing is, is that if you're able to kind of find some common uh, cultural or common um, interest with the students to be able to... Um, get their attention right. you know uh whether it's through again um some people be like well I gotta get up there and act like i'm a kid like nah really you just gotta be focused on what you're passionate about and your passion goes over with, with with the students and so I've seen um I've seen elderly white men who had a passion about um, drones yeah. be able to capture kids attention I've right. seen white women who are not even from America that have a passion for hip-hop you know and yeah and they're able to capture the the kids attention you know what i'm saying you know and because they're you know um i've seen um you know uh uh uh, teachers who have an interest in martial arts you know uh when i was younger there was a teacher who uh his interests were martial arts um Paranormal activity. And growing, he was—he's was my chemistry te- teacher, and, uh, and and he was growing. Um, he used to uh, raise giant South American roaches, right? These things about the size of your hand, you know. But he was so passionate about this thing that when you sit there, he's like, "Wow, you know, yeah. you just you know, really." <laughs> You know, that, that passion is coming across, you know, and then yeah, definitely so that so being passionate, but then also helping students find their voice and their passion as well. And that happens like like I told you, like Mr. Brownley. what I learned from him is that if you in front of the students all the time running your mouth, you know, you're not giving them a chance to take the reins, you know. And so when you give students a chance to create, to tell stories, to take the reins and they're learning. Oh, yeah. You know, you, now you've created a. Uh, 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 a, uh, a classroom of mutual teaching and learning between the students and the teacher, and, and anybody who walks in there. So that th- those are the type of things you got to have. It's almost like you know with your own children. You know, um, if you, with your children, you're gonna, you know, you're not just gonna just, you know, you're gonna, you right, gonna hear right. what they got to say. You're, oh, gonna, you're yeah. gonna go back and forth. You're gonna know about them. You're gonna know about you know their interests. You know, and you're gonna, you know, and that's the way it really, it really is. You know, and that's what I learned. You know, as a volunteer first, mm-hmm. I learned that there's a a, a special um, there's a special thing that happens when community and school works together for the betterment of our of our um, students. You know, as a teacher, for me to have the um, the job of making my students successful. That's too daunting of a task for me to handle alone. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that means that I need to um interact with, oh, yeah. with other teachers. Definitely. I need to interact with parents. I need to interact with the students themselves. Oh, you yeah. know, it's a it's a whole uh full court press with everybody involved, including exactly. the student themselves. You know, right, oftentimes right. we we as teachers now, when we're talking about you know teachers leaving a the profession and not happy they're burnt out cuz we do everything mm-hmm. you know and we made to mm-hmm. feel guilty if we don't do everything like mm-hmm. you know and so and I'm point. speaking from experience but yeah. uh but yeah so i think whatever way that comes across you know whichever flavor you bring to it um you know that's what that's what helps uh the classroom experience is you know th- those things that we we mentioned so Okay. Oh, no, definitely,
0: definitely. So, in your own words, this is a very important question now. Okay. All of them are important. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, very important question. What is the purpose of education and what do you think is the perfect outcome for the students?
1: Um, You, you, you hear people saying different things. Personally, I believe the purpose of education is really to teach uh, students how to think for themselves. You know, that's the... Is that a Dennis Talbert? Uh, is that a Dennis, <laughs> Dennis Talbert philosophy? It must have rubbed off on me. Yeah, but that's the that's the. I mean that that's 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 the end goal where you want to develop um, some critical thinking. Yeah, to, to develop critical thinkers and and you know you I mean it shouldn't. You did a poor job if at the end of the school year, they're still relying on you for, for mm-hmm. information and education. Mm-hmm. You know, you want them to be able to, like I said, that's where it comes when you say, I'm giving you the reins. I want to learn now. You right. know what right. I'm saying? And so yeah. I want to learn from you, you know, and that's um, and that's how, you know, education works. You know, as the teacher, I bring something out of you. And then, you know, as the learner, you cap, you know, you encapsulate those things you learn, and you come up with new knowledge, and you're able to to make connections on your own and bring that to the table as well. So, I think that's you know that's the that's the best thing to see, and I mean you see it across the board whether it's sports, whether it's <laughs> finances, whatever you know you want. Um, you know, I, um, so not only am I a teacher, I'm also a counselor, yep. and so one of the things about being a counselor is that um, as a therapist, you want to help your clients not to be able to need you. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If right. after if after twelve weeks they still yeah. like, oh, that I can't function. Right. I need you, you know, you didn't do a good job yeah. as a therapist. And so, you know, it's the same thing with, with being an educator. Like, okay. you know, they should be able to to come come away with the ability, uh, the skills to think critically for themselves about whatever um subject that you're teaching.
2: Okay. Nice you have you you've been a a big advocate for education can you name some or uh, other organizations you're affiliated with or
1: uh so i run a um I, I run a program called i am in demand and it's really just an opportunity for students i mean i'm sorry for black men to be connected to opportunities to become uh, mentors wow. volunteers or teachers oh, you know uh, that's and so nice. that's dope. Uh, you know my my biggest thing is is that like I told you I believe that uh, most men have the desire to um to give back you know and everybody you know it's it's a huge ad to say hey you have thought about being a teacher but I can also I can also say hey you, uh, there's a student that needs some mentorship or You know, there's a school that needs some volunteer work doing, or you know, we need some volunteers, something like that. I mean, that makes again, that's that ecosystem that we were talking about. That you know, it's everybody's duty. Oh yeah. You know, and and you can't nobody can be off the hook by saying, "Oh no, I'm not. I'm not a teacher." Like, no, no, but you you are a person that has the ability to bring you know value to a space if you're there. So you know, whether it's mentor or volunteership as well. So um, that's one. uh, I am in demand um also run a program uh it's like 13 years old now called lyricist society i think we're gonna talk about that right so i don't need to talk about it now do it. Okay. we'll definitely get to yeah, that we'll talk about that yeah
2: <laughs> okay nice uh,
1: yeah um i'm also uh part of a initiative called black leaders Detroit. i think you guys said y'all had dewan on here i'm one of the, one oh, the wow. founding bo- uh, board members and so you know, that's another thing we talk about the ecosystem. Like, you know, have, um, having um, um, having having a a great learning experience. You know, um, fam families produce great families produce great schools, which produces great businesses <laughs> in the in, in our city, right? You know, it's all the ecosystem working together. Right. And so uh, that's one um, end that I'm working on. Black Leaders Detroit. We provide um, funding for Black-led businesses in the city city of Detroit. So, you know, you got it. So one, okay. uh, one a dollar a week. Uh, we try to get <laughs> a million. The, the goal was to get a million people to donate a dollar a week. Oh yeah,
2: uh, have, <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. So now I think you know, in studying for today's interview, you know, I've you have been a lecturer at the U- University of Dearborn. Yeah, University Michigan? of Michigan, Dearborn, yeah. Yeah. And how long has that been going on? And when did you start that?
1: So I've been a, a formal instructor at U of M Dearborn for the past two years, but I've been lecturing there on and off for, mm, man, maybe the past, I want to say maybe five, past seven years, maybe.
2: Wow. Yeah. And what was your re- most recent? being there yeah now, how, how
1: did that, how? now yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. so I, I'm, a, I'm a former instructor like okay now there but okay before nice.
0: i was like a guest oh uh,
2: okay. lecturer you know gotcha gotcha Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so as an educator now we're talking um what are some ways you help learners establish their strengths and interests
1: yeah um i think really by um having students um and it is it's, it sounds cliche but Really having students uh, find their confidence mm. and find their voice. You know, that's a, that, it's a good, it's a, um, when we can, t- having students find their confidence by find- finding the brilliance in the everyday thing that they're interested in and doing. Wow. And so, like, if there's a student that is interested in, in hip-hop, right, or rap or anything like that, they listen. let say they just listen to it. I don't like, but I listen to it. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that we found out, uh, it's, a, it's a friend of mine, uh, Austin Martin. He runs a program called uh, Rhymes with Reason. And so he did research and um, he talked about just what he found was is that like, like a a huge percentage of the words found on like standardized tests can be also found in hip hop lyrics, Mm. you know, not only the conscious lyrics, but the ratchet ones too. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, because hip hop is a wordy, um art form, you yeah. know, that beckons the listener to, to really analyze those yeah. those words. And so when you talk about those skills of of analyzing, which can go into annotation and mm. what can definitely foster discussion. Right. You know, these are things that we talk about high you know, higher order thinking, it's found right there. It's a gift right wrapped for you inside of hip hop lyrics. You know what I'm saying? And students are in tune and kind of listening to it and really picking out those things. And so um, this is something that I found that works well, but um, there is uh, a website called Genius. It used to be called Rap Genius. You ever heard of that? I've
2: heard of Rap Genius.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, you know, these these tech guys from, I think they're from MIT, they developed this website. They was like, you know what? People want to know the meaning behind rap lyrics. And so you had a rap lyrics, you know, put it, play, placed online. And people can go on and they can annotate it, like in real time, where you can see people writing about what they think these lyrics are. Yeah. Mm. So that's the first thing. And then oftentimes the the, auth- the uh, artists themselves come on and say, oh, yep, yeah, that was right. Or no, nah, you was wrong. This is what I really meant, you know. Mm. Um. So you got this huge f- discussion with annotated lyrics, right? Th- those are higher order thinking skills, right? right? right. And so Definitely. it used to be called rap genius. Now it's just called genius. And the reason is because- I, I,
0: I did see that change. And the
1: reason, because they found out that those same skills you use to pick apart, annotate lyrics, you can use those whether it's picking apart, annotating book <laughs> uh, excerpts, yeah, yep. poems, <laughs> newspapers, you know what I'm saying? And so those skills, so be, to be able to tell a student, like, what you're doing with these lyrics that you like to listen to, it's like that, analyzing that's, these are things that people do in academia, higher academia, you know, that, you know, these are things you can do. And so really helping students find their confidence with something like that. It can be that, it can be, I mean, whatever it is, and this is where that relationship comes from, like, whatever it is, like, you know, what you're doing, having those students know that it's brilliant, you know, it's brilliant what you're doing. There's a brilliance behind the things that you already are um, interested in. You know, let's let's bring that out of you, you know, and so I think that's, uh, that's, uh, the question was, how do you,
0: Oh, as an educator, um, how do you best help, you know, learners. help
2: learners?
1: Yeah, and I, and I was say best help learners by really finding the brilliance in those things that they're already interested in and already doing.
2: All right, guys, we're going to go into a quick break. We'll be right back with Up to the Men podcast.
0: All right. Are your kids getting enough art? Where's the music? I don't hear any. Arts programs are being cut, making it hard for my kids and yours. Arts education is important, so it goes fight for it, because the less arts kids get, the more shows. Rapping, painting, creating music, arts education is key. How's that, Mom? Remember what I told you, Chuck, less bebop and more hip-hop. Art. Ask for more. Americansforthearts.org. Look at me now!
2: Don't know what to say Figured when I wrote this letter I'd be flying on a plane Better here than not at all Cause who knows how much time we got remaining Don't wanna leave nothing unsaid So I'ma say it McCullough You saved my life with this music Without it I'd probably be on these streets Acting stupid Scaring moms out to death Bringing dirty money home The end up a number with a cell That's so enclosed Not making too much money though Don't like the way I'm living But
0: at least I'm living Not in the ground or a statistic I got a vision I know how I'ma execute
1: it And you taught me how to do it Man, it's nothing too. So but hear me out though. You took a high school kid,
2: employed him, showed him a different angle before the system destroyed him. You showed me peace and that beat this better avoided. So the things you teach I keep when life gets too annoying. Inspire, so inspire to, to be, be a better me. Reach greater, greater heights, do greater, greater things, inspire. Cause of you, I was inspired. Inspire Cause because of you, I was inspired, inspired, inspired to, to be a better, better me. Reach greater heights, do greater, new greater thing. things, inspire of you
0: I was inspired, inspired. inspired. because of, of you I was inspired, started from scratch, you straight up out of the projects, you incorrect, you lose your life just for your dialect, but you. Carefully who it might affect. Is it worth taking a risk for the velvet vest? They always say that quiet is just what quiet gets. They think I got the mightest touch or the mightest step. I'm sweet though, but still bitter like correct. I had to sharpen up my mind, build my intellect. I survived through the juggle and the nonsense. Since I graduated, I've been living with no fine print. I do this for my major ever since I was a private. It's not about where you are from, it's about where you are going. Would you fight for your life or fight for belongings? Take a slide. Slice a pie and share it with others. Go and grab another slice, now share it with no one. I'm a by skin, they show that you come. Inspire. Inspired, to be a better me. Reach greater heights, do
2: greater things. Inspired, inspired. Because of you I was inspired, inspired. Because of you I was inspired, Inspire. you, I was inspired. Inspire. What's happening, guys? We're back, and uh, we have Mr. Quan Nellums with us. So now, Mr. Nellums, you said your, your, your students won an Emmy in 2015 and an actual Emmy in uh, 2017, so that's yeah. two. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: so um, they won a Emmy in 2015 for music video production. Wow. And so um, they created a, a music video uh, about, let's see, 2015. It was, they were talking about uh, the name of it was Peace and so they were talking about like um you know police brutality they were talking about just you know black on black interactions and and um violence and you know they made a nice compelling song and, and a very compelling video <laughs> about oh, yeah. it so um they entered it into the um the Natis um uh, awards and they uh they actually uh came out with the with the with the Emmy and so they got a chance to you know, you know, dress up. They go on stage, get it, oh, yeah. you know, get they, uh, get their Emmy, and give a speech and everything. So it was very, very, very uh, good moment for for those students and for the literary society. And then in 2017, they actually had the opportunity to win like the the real adult Emmy. Oh yeah, and this is for a documentary that was done about them. Mm-hmm. Um, with, by the same name lyricist society. so
2: okay yeah, let's yeah. talk about the Lyricist society you know when did it start and how how did it get started? So so you know you know I got
1: a um, I got the, the 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 historical component and I got you know the actual date so the actual okay. date uh, 2000 2010 is when literacy okay. society started at at uh, Frederick Douglass Academy for young men. And so, um, you know, the way it started, it was just, um, you know, I had a background in hip hop and students. uh, You know, I I taught at Frederick Douglass Academy Academy for young men. It's the only all male public school in the state of Michigan. And so working with these young men, a lot of them were extremely talented and skilled, but they didn't want to join a choir. They didn't want to (laughs) join the band, but they still had, you know, skills to create rhymes, create beat and stuff like that. So I was like, all right. Let's uh let's get together and let's let's create, you know. And so we would meet wow. up after school, and they would, you know, I I just challenge them on lyrics. We would have lots of discussions, and they would just start, you know, creating. We would we record, and we just put it out, you know. So that's how that's how you know um, how it started, and just really as a hobby club for those interested in hip hop. But you know, the darndest thing happened though. The stuff that we would put out again, it's 2010, and I wasn't really used to. Like I wasn't even on social media at that time, you know, especially like, you know, YouTube and stuff like that. But things that we would put out, like uh I saw the the young men around the around the school, they had the headphones and they jamming to it. Oh, yeah. You know, they they I listening to liked, it, they right. spitting it and I was like, yo, this this yeah. might be you this know, be and it. so yeah, and so we just started doing more and more and more and, and um, you know, it got the attention of um you know national uh people It uh, got attention in at universities uh, there's a lot of scholarly journals if you if you um if you google quan Nellums or lyricist society or both together you'll see like all these scholarly journey journal entries and wow. things like that and so and all it really is is really students um having a voice and having a platform to <laughs> uh place their voice so it can be uh consumed by the by the public um now the Longer version of it is, is that Lyricist Society started in nineteen ninety seven. Okay, and the reason is because I was the first Lyricist Society member. Wow. Um, I I started rapping in ninety four, and oh, I had, yeah? I, had a, I had a I was in ninth grade study hall. Uh, I started writing my first rhymes and everything, and I had a group of friends. Uh, we we later it was a, it was one it was one guy in my group. His name was uh, the his rap name was the Mad Prophet. But we was like, you know, we was like, man, that name is so dope. That should be all of our names. So we became the Mad Prophets. And so okay. homed our skills to rap. You know, we got the attention of a local um, DJ and um, uh, maestro from the rap group Chaos and Maestro. And so what he did, he gave us the, um, the opportunity to record. I mean, he brought us down in the studio for our first time in the studio he taught us how to write bars and so uh, I'm probably the shyest person you ever meet yeah and so uh but when he put me on that mic you know and I'm in the studio and I'm you know what I'm saying I get a chance to rap what I've been you know writing and stuff um you know and then hearing that hearing that boy record it you know and I'm listening back to it myself like yo I sound I sound like something right. you know and I didn't know I had a voice until I heard my voice recorded okay. and so um that gave me all the confidence in the world, you know, and yeah. I thought it, you know, because I, I, you know, especially during that time in the nineties, you've been able to have a, a CD or a tape of your, uh, you know, something that you did. That yeah. was, that was gold. You know, you <laughs> let people listening to it. And so other people liked it as well. And so it just gave me a lot of confidence. It made me a better student. Like, cause I'm looking oh, yeah. for words to, you know, it gave, it gave it made me a confident student. And I'm like, man, this is, this is cool. And it gave me an opportunity to platform the things that I want to say through rhyme, right? So when I became a teacher, I knew I wanted to give students that same opportunity okay. to hear themselves, to, right. to know that people, you know, want to hear what you got to say. Oh, yeah. And so um, so as a result, that's when, you know, me being the first literacy Society member, yeah. I wanted to uh, give that same opportunity to my students. So okay. once I got in the classroom, you know, and had the opportunity, you know, I started doing it. So 2010 is when we started really doing it. And like I said, it's still going on now that's dope that's dope
2: now what genre of music best describes europe bringing in detroit and you know how did that correlate with your personality as you know (sighs) unfolding this whole thing
1: so uh i believe that i didn't like hip-hop up until i was probably around 13. and so um again those group of friends i was telling you about um you know they introduced me to what hip-hop was like so so the the crazy thing about it is my uh my, my best friend at the time was a guy by the name of ferris foster his sister was a rapper and the person who did her beats was Jay Dilla. Mm. And so we was listening to Dilla beats like back, you know, early (laughs) on before anybody knew who he was. And so I remember I'm like, man, you know, I didn't know anything about this type of stuff. So they introduced that stuff to me. Of course, being introduced to Dilla, I got introduced to Tribe, I got introduced to, you know, um, you know, just uh, some other, like, Detroit local acts and stuff. That's dope. There was a group, uh, there was a, um, I mean, I don't think they really do open mics now, but back in the day, in the 90s in Detroit, there was open mics every single yeah. Saturday. At Maurice Malone Hip Hop Shop, and that was just one. You had the Hip Hop Shop, you had the Shelter, which is now known as well. It's always been on the St. Andrew's Hall, but there was a port a part in St. Andrew's Hall that we called the Shelter. That's where all the hip hoppers, the break dancers, and stuff would go. Mm. Um, um, Cafe Mahogany, all these places where you would go and do open mics. And it really needs to be a documentary done about this, the the cultural scene in Detroit in the nineties because that's the, the Detroit I grew up grew up in, and so. Um, that was the genre i mean you know definitely um, hip hop um i mean you know you had east coast west coast back during that time really? but the, the crazy thing about dilla is that he had east coast people rapping to his beats and he also had west coast people rapping to his beats he, oh, was, yeah. he was good on good on both coasts and that's why i think detroit was it is you know okay. detroit because we was, we we're midwest we at that point when everybody was trying to choose sides like yo we good on we good on both exactly. coasts you know what i'm saying <laughs> we good both ways so uh, but yeah, but that's that's what I would say. Definitely, definitely hip hop. Lots of lots of jazz music as well. Okay, uh, you know you know R and B. You know, yeah. but like I say, my my friends introduced me to all that stuff because I I was straight. You said you w- was a shock kid. Yeah, I was straight WJLB whatever was on the radio. Yeah. they introduced me to some of the the this, this stuff that you couldn't find on the radio.
0: Okay, yeah no oh, definitely the Lyricist Society has produced many bodies of work that are funny honest and smart so I just want to know what were some of the emotions that you that were going through your head uh, the feelings that, that rush that you were getting uh, while seeing all of those results become visible
1: yeah yeah no lots of pride man I mean I think um, again uh, what we talked about earlier about what's the purpose of education I think it's the same thing with, with this being able to being able to see kids um, create something mm and produce something. And then, you know, the big part is that exhibition when you seeing them perform it right. in real time. Oh, and then, yeah. like, I mean, I'll tell you one particular um, situation that I really sat back and be like, man, this is this is what it's all about, right? Um, the students had, I gave them a charge. I said, listen, this is 2017. I said, look, this is the 50th anniversary of the 1967. Some people call it riot. some people call it rebe- rebellion, some people call it revolt. But I am like, I need y'all to do some research and kind of talk about this in a song, you know? And so, you know, they did their research, they came back together and it was like, nah, we got to go back. That sound whack. You know what I'm saying? We want to <laughs> know that wow. we want to you know. I'm a history teacher, you know, and they, and I'm like, you want to make sure you're accurate first of all, but mm. you want to make sure you talk about some things that happen. And so they interviewed like older people. They talked to their family members, did some research, mm. whatever. And they came out with a song called 1967 now. Mm. Right. And, um, they recorded it, they performed it like at a couple places. They did the video for it. um NPR picked it up. And so um they I forget the name, the guy's name here. He does um Michigan Radio whatever, but he came he he came to Frederick Douglas. And he was like, "We want to interview these guys and and uh, I was like, "Cool, you know. So we all in there, myself and the students who made the song, and I'm like, all right, I probably got to do most of the talking. I, they didn't ask me one word. I was <laughs> able to sit back and they did all the talking because they it was their work. That's they pur- knew it, you pur- know what pur- I'm saying? Pur- they they you know, and they were able to kind of dissect their lyrics and talk about why they did it and, oh, yeah. and the historical significance of it. And I was like, Psst. <laughs> I was like that, that, and so there, I was like, it's pride. So some of those same students now. As I work with younger students, um, they, you know they come in, you know they 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 do the program. A lot of them are like in their mid twenties now, and they're able to come in and kind of work with students and do the same thing. Because when I started Liberty Society, I was I was twenty nine, <laughs> you know, at Douglas. So they are encroaching, encroaching on that age, but they're able to kind of work my my old my older alum. Able to kind of work with the the newer kids that's involved.
0: So. No, understood because the that that age difference, that gap, they're
2: more relatable. No, yeah. that's understood.
1: No, indeed, indeed.
2: Got it. Well, all right, guys. Well, it's it sounds like we covered. We thank you, Mister Nellums, for coming. I mean, you said. Uh, Mr. Forrest, you, you didn't have a rap that you wanted to... He ain't, you know, he ain't ready for it. these bars. Well, him, I, I ain't gonna drop oh, no bars got, for them. You know, <laughs> he, we do have a lyricist here. I've, you know. I've,
0: I've been out of school for quite some time. You know, I, I used to be like, I'm addicted to education. My family said I would make it. Stepping up on the stage because this is my chance to take it. Woo. Yeah, I want my name in mystery. Life is a death in the sun, some Like, I don't, I don't do bars no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't. No, I, hear, I, I, hear don't. I hear it. Wait, was that off the top, though? <laughs> nah, that wasn't off the top. That was something that I wrote, Uh, you know, that Swimming Pools and. Kendrick Lamar yeah so it was like why you sitting playing girl you know you want to pass so go ahead and take your butt to class that's why we got a school full of knowledge and we learning my teachers they tried to get me uh, engaged in a lot of things like that because I wanted to rap and and the things that was coming out of my mouth the environment I was I was uh, surrounded by it wasn't it wasn't beneficial so it sounds like we need more men like mr nellum's placed in our communities all around detroit for for real for real yeah
2: Yeah. Yeah. i appreciate that man the involvement alone so thank you thank Thank you you. thank you
0: thank you y'all y'all heard it live in full effect mode back like we never left up to the minute be more radio peace Up to the Minute is produced by Be More Radio and Be More Radio Institute. We are a youth driven media organization and youth development model. Be More Radio is 100% supported by those who believe that urban youth can be more. Mr. Mo Soul produced the music, and every segment is produced by the next generation of content influencers. Thank you for listening, and thank you all for your support. This is brand manager Gabriel Forrest reminding everyone that we can be more.